This episode of the Word Bros Podcast is brought to you by Creative Contract Consulting. CreativeContractConsulting.com. Go ahead, talk. Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. (laughs) Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. (laughs) Do it. All right, first things first, we have a very special guest this week, Darcy uh, Van Apolgeist is on. We're very excited to talk to him, but before we get to that, we want to say thank you to everyone who contributed, who shared who this is a little house cleaning that we have to do who shared who liked who retweeted on. who che- yeah who who supported us on kickstarter the dust pirates did end up funding we ended up with a nice little total over our uh, initial funding goal so we're really happy about that so thank you guys so so much it was really cool we get to make this book and we're really excited about making it so boom baby yes boom. thank you we appreciate yeah. it and and I ate hot wings, so like it will happen on the next Kickstarter. I'm sure again. I drank hot sauce. Yes, you did. You did. You did drink. Yeah, some I took tapatillo. a shot of hot sauce. Yeah, tapatillo. I mean, tapatillo is not like super hot sauce by any stretch no. of imagination, but it's still. We all do what it. we can, Bob. We all do what we can. I I, I you know what? I carried my weight, man. <laughs> you know, I I tried real hard. I said, you know what? I'm not going to tweet about this eight million times, but I did. Um, but I did. I did the same thing. So yeah, we, we, we 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 did we did like wear our social medias out about yes. it. I think that's why we're relatively quiet on social media re- recently because Kickstarter will wear you out. I've been tired. And thank you to Tony Gregory, the co-creator and artist. He did a really great job promoting it as well. Chaz Pangburn, the letterer, did a good job. And Melissa uh, from Don't Hide the PR did a great job for us. Melissa Mazaros, yeah. yeah and, then, so, and also, let's not forget Josh Jensen, yeah. our colorist. Yeah. He's great. I, 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 I have a lot of love for Josh, too. And, and Liana Kang has helped. She tweeted a lot about it, and so did Jason Copeland. Copeland and, and so did Mulvey and everybody involved. So we really appreciate all you guys coming to our um, to eight. our aid, if you will. Yeah. Uh, Mars from In the Basement really tweeted us a lot, too. So... It really means a lot to us. So thank you guys a lot for all your support and stuff. We're really happy about that. And uh, we're gonna we're working on this book, and hopefully we'll have it done uh, sooner than later. That's the goal. I'm not gonna say when we have a, no. we have a January date. I'm 99% sure. I'm 100% sure we'll hit it before January. But we're hoping we can get it before that. That would be our goal. Yes. So. Thank you guys so much. But we much. can't promise. Yeah, we can't. Well, with January, I mean, you're going to get it by January. We can January. promise January, yeah. but we can't promise before that. Yeah. What I'm saying. So. And that's fun. You yeah. see that streak of gray hair right there? It's it, it's really, you got this Reed Richards thing going on, dude. You got a Reed Richards sideburn. Well, it's way too long, but you see that? That's fun. Yeah. Look, <laughs> your hair is going to look like my beard and that's, that's we're going to match. Yeah. So I was I was saying the other day when we were talking about our fitness goals. My fitness goal is to have you either have to wear a muscle shirt all the time and have to shave like a a, a Paul Ellering mustache, or you have to carry around a, t- a tennis racket, and then me and and the artist will just stand back there and just look like, and I just have to say what a rush, and then leave. That's the rush, and then leave. Yeah, I'm just stand back there. The because there's been a lot of work going on over here, man. Fitness goal. Yeah, just trying not to be fat. That's my fitness goal. I just don't want to be fat. But whatever. 
So, hey, uh, let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, let's talk about that. Darcy. Van Polgeist. Van Polgeist. You know him from Little Bird. He won a fucking Eisner, so you know him from that. He's Canadian. He's a cool dude. We talked to him for a really long time. It's really fun. We had a good time. And if you run Dutch Dutch's ketchup chips, you should you should sponsor that man. Boob. We have a very special guest, Eisner winner. Eisner winner, correct? Uh, yeah, they haven't taken it back yet. So, yeah. <laughs> now, now, Darcy, where do you keep your Eisner? Like, is it is it handy? Can we see it? Yeah, I, I ensure anytime I'm on video like I am right now, it's very apparent. There it is. I see it. Okay, <laughs> it's in between the Wednesday comics, and then that is the fall. That's what's the name of that um, Brew Baker Phillips book? Uh, is is that the pick? It up. That's not the frame. What's the what's the typewriter? I thought the typewriter. Oh was... yeah, no, I know it totally reminds you of that. Hey, eh? no, it's actually <gasps> a local artist where I live did this uh, did that um, okay. of a typewriter. Okay, and I'm a huge fan of. Oh, you're thinking of the fade out. I am thinking of the fade out. Yes. That's what it was. Which, which is my favorite book of theirs, only because I'm like an uh, an old Hollywood buff to begin with and 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 i'm a fan of the, like huge fan of those guys work so like those two things put together was just like oh it was just too <laughs> yeah i, I too really bad. dig i really dig all that stuff and i'm also a big fan of james elroy do you read elroy novels yeah i not a lot but yeah i, I need to keep, i need to do more yeah because if you're into like the old hollywood la noir uh, stuff elroy is the guy to go to like he's the dude it, oh no he's the man for sure um I think, what have I read? Of, I've read a few of his books. I can't remember. They actually on Criterion right now. There's a um, they put together like a neo noir um, catalog. Really? You know, wow. just just like a play a playlist essentially. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you guys subscribe to that app, but it, I've just been going through it and watching movies I haven't seen in a while. And I just I, I'm I'm I love that stuff. I used to buy the Criteria DVDs. The Criteria yeah. they always had great DVDs. When I was buying physical media, I don't think I could literally sign up for any more apps because my wife would just punch me in the head. I know, I know. No, we're on the verge of it being total madness. And um, <laughs> I just I squeaked that one in there because I was like, "Damn it, it's the only one I care about," so I'm going to get it. There you go. That's, so that's yes, what you got to do. So we have Eisner winning writer, uh, part of a creative team for a little bird. Darcy Van Polgeist is on today. You're Canadian, yes, yes. You're from Vancouver. Your bio says that's correct. Yeah. How, from how is Vancouver these this time of year? It, it's uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's hot here right now. It's not. It, it's 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 not that hot today. But it's um, we're experiencing the same heat wave. Everyone else seems to be. We just declared national emergency because of the amount of forest fires we have. Going yeah, on. I saw that. It's um, it's crazy. It 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 really is kind of nutty. Um, but you know, it's. I mean, it's it's twenty twenty one. Just go for it. <laughs> that's a it's a very cavalier attitude to have. I believe it's the what do they call it? The heat dome or whatever that is over the yeah. western United States and Canada right now. Yeah, it's. 
it's the heat dome. It was really intense, like a week ago or a week and a half ago. Just brutal, you know. Um, we're not used to those kind of temperatures here. Vancouver on the west coast, very moderate. You know, we, we don't get a lot of snow unless you're up in the mountains, which is not far. Um, it's mostly like we get rain and it's, it's a very comfortable temperature in the summer, never gets too cold in the winter. Um, so that was, that was, you know, we like, we don't have, um, most houses wouldn't have air conditioners. We're just really? That. Yeah. Wow. So they just, you know, there was a lot of people buying uh, air conditioners suddenly. I couldn't imagine living without an air conditioner. Like I me, just me neither. We're in, I'm I'm in Ohio. Kevin's in Virginia. It's a little more humid. Yeah. But the idea of living without an air conditioner that sounds awful. Oh no, it's great because it just never gets hot enough to need it, you know. And and um, when I go visit places where everywhere is, I mean, even go to Toronto, that you know the whole city is air conditioned. And uh, I hate it. I'm just like, God, oh, get me out of here. Cause you're outside and you're hot. And then you walk into a fridge and then you're hot and then you're in the fridge and you're just so, like. So are you saying that you're, are, are you yeah. saying that your body temperature is more universally warmer than are you a warmer sleep? Like it's sleeping. I couldn't sleep without air condition. Like I need the air condition on like 60 degrees in order yeah, for me just, to sleep. It just doesn't get, it just doesn't get hot enough normally. Okay. So okay. it's just comfortable. And you open the windows and you, we're, we're by the ocean. I mean, pretty much anywhere in Vancouver is by the ocean in some way. Um, so you get a good, you know, we get quite a lot of wind here, a good breeze at night. That's awesome. That's nice. So on top you of writing, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, that's it. That's all, that's the end I was, of the story. I was gonna say on top of writing comics, you clearly work for like the Vancouver Chamber of Commerce. I really dig that, you're <laughs> singing its praises. Absolutely. Well, no, but the thing about Vancouver is it's like the most expensive fucking place on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's kind of horrible. That, that is, it, that it, is it, what we have heard. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like next to like, I don't know, whatever, you know, like the most expensive place. It's right up there. So anybody who's just like a regular kind of old Joe like myself, um, it's tough you know like rental prices or even just the cost of living in general is just atrocious but it's a beautiful place so i guess you know that's, that's a trade-off i guess that's a trade-off yeah. yeah yeah but i mean to be fair if we're being honest with ourselves you're not just some regular like you're not some regular joe i mean you have an eisner Yes, you you're a true. filmmaker. You're a award-winning writer. Like you're pretty high up on the regular Joe list, if we're being honest, right? Then why the fuck am I still so poor? <laughs> like I hear you. I like what you're saying. It's just it's not translating into dollars for some reason. No, I mean it's welcome it's to comics, Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's the same with my films too, you know, like, uh, you know, like critically they do good. They, you know, they play festivals, we'd win some awards, but um, it never really, I mean, it, it did land me, it did get me a career directing commercials, which is good money, but um, I couldn't do that anymore. So I, I moved on. And any commercials we would know? No. <laughs> no. maybe maybe that's the problem you got to direct those uh those what's with flow the flow lady 
or the well, uh, the what is the, what is that woman? Or uh, Matthew what? McConaughey eating chips, being like, "All right, all right, all right." Yeah, you got to direct those yeah. commercials. <laughs> it's totally true, man. If I could just if I could roll with McConaughey, it would be a different story. But um, roll with the Liberty Insurance Emu Nemu or whatever it's called. You need to do those <laughs> commercials, dude. I need I need that I need the I need that kind of I need the McConaughey money. Yeah, we all do. We <laughs> all do. We so all. so you were doing film. And you were writing for film, you were directing film, then you transitioned into commercials. This sounds like a really kind of long, hard road to get to comics. So when did you first, have you always been interested in comics? When did you realize you wanted to scratch that itch in your kind of creative arsenal? Take us through that journey. Yeah, I, I, um, yes, I've always been very passionate about comics. Love comics. You can probably see a bit of my collection in the corner there. several stacks high you know like I, I still have I still carry with me from place to place everything <laughs> I had when I was 12 years old um so yeah comics have always been a part of my life and I think um I'd always at least in my adult years I'd always sort of plan like man if I could do a comic one day that would be amazing like I have no idea how that gets done I, I don't I've never met anybody that works in comics I you know like I, I knew nothing about it in terms of like what happens behind the scenes, any of that. And um, I was sort of falling out of love with um, the commercial directing career, but the short films, my creative work was going well. Um, but I sort of hit this place where like, um, you know, it, it, it quick, I quickly realized that like, I was never gonna be able to dream as big as I wanted to in the medium of film mm-hmm. you know or like I, maybe i was a couple another couple of decades away from making that happen and i just got impatient and that's sort of how little bird came to be i was like you know i want to do this this little bird i've got this story i want to tell and it's crazy and um it's not going to happen in a film and then it just those all those little things sort of like percolated up and collected together into this sort of epiphany of like this comic and then you know finding Ian who's you know crazier than I am was just like okay this could work you know mm-hmm. so that that that's kind of how it came to be and then we spent like five years making that wow so, yeah so when you started down that path were, were there like resources you looked at on like how to write comics or anything or or did you just just go to cons and talk to people like how did you go about making that transition because you said when you first started you had no idea like where to put your foot on the path what 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 was the first step you took on that path to like becoming a comic book writer I didn't do any of that really I just um I just wrote it and I think the only way I kind of got away with it like you know because comics are their own thing you know they are unique to screenwriting and and stage stage plays certainly you know prose um just even structurally you know Mm -hmm. never mind like creatively what works and doesn't work and how you need to go into it and but just like even the brass tacks of just structure um, and how to successfully create a page and I think one I just read millions of comics you know I was reading comics my whole life so I had that behind me and um besides being a director 
I was also an editor. Like I quite often write and direct and edit my own stuff in the in the film and uh, commercial world. So, and really it's like, I, I've said this before, but I really look at like script, comic scripts as like um, the same thing. They're more complex than a screenplay in the sense that it's a film script, but pre-edited and with the shot list in it. You know, it's like- <laughs> Makes sense. That's actually like a really challenging thing to do. Um, but I mean, because I had all those experiences and I was looking at comics and I was going, okay, I, I'm just putting this all together in my head. And I think this is, and, and you know, I, I didn't do it all perfectly either. You know, um, you learn along the way, but, um, but yeah, that, that's sort of how I got going down that road. Now explain to me and, and how do you manage to, to edit yourself? I've always had a hard time doing that as a writer because you kind of fall in love with the material. How do you kind of sift through it all to find the, the nuggets that need to be there and the stuff that needs to get cut? How do you do that self-editing thing? I don't know, and I always have. Um, and um, <laughs> That's a very good answer. I don't know, I just do it. Like, that's it, Bob, get over it. <laughs> no, 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 but I think maybe, you know what? You, no, no, but you made, you make a really good point. I think that I don't really fall in love with anything. Like, okay. I, I, I fall in love with my characters for sure, because I think if you don't love your characters, you know, why are you doing it? It seems that like that would be really painful. But um, but I, I'm just like very critical of everything else. Okay. And, you know, and, and, and I'm hard on myself, you know, like I, I don't, nothing, nothing, I don't let anything go by easily. Um, I spent a lot of time worrying about stuff and you know, staying up all night thinking about, <laughs> you know, like, God damn, I should probably change that, you know, like, so it's, I mean, everybody does, but yeah, I, again, I think it's that editorial experience where like, I was used to going out and shooting a bunch of footage as you do multiple takes of different stuff, trying things out, experimenting a bit, and then locking myself in a dark room for a month and being like, no, no, no. Okay. This is it. This could work maybe no this is shit too we need to reshoot <laughs> um, and just like being very um and 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 directing commercials sort of trains you that way too because you know the budgets are generally healthy um and you have a large team of people who are really good at what they do whether it's visual effects or gripping and lighting and all that stuff um, but at the end of the day, it's only 30 seconds or 60 seconds. So you're really looking at everything under a microscope. You know, it's like you're shaving off frames, like one 30th or one 24th of a second to find the right point to go from something to something else. So it's just so, um, it just, you become sort of like obsessive, exactive. Uh, it sounds very precise. It's like some precise. It, that, that's exactly. What the fuck does that mean? Yes, precise. Thank you. I mean, you're, we were just going to give it to you and just be like, he's cool, you're man. Po it's po poetic well. license. Maybe that's big in Canada. We just don't know Vancouver slang. Maybe that's what it is. So <laughs> we were just going it, 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 <laughs> to. Like it's like the all dressed is, chips. Like we, we barely yeah. get them here. So, like, yeah. So, so oh, you guys don't know about exactly. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> See, exactly. <laughs> See? And you could have pulled that off and be like, 
we got to learn about this exact thing. That's getting him Eisner's and shit. Like, we got to figure this out, man. Like, it's got to go in our vocabulary. <laughs> it's exact. There you it's go. Exact. Start so, using it. It will It yeah. will work wonders for sure. Start using it in pitches. Like, it's, it, this is exact. Like, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about. This is some hot <laughs> stuff right there. Last time we heard that, it was from Darcy. And look how that worked out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. You started on the path to comics, and um, where did you meet Ian Bertram, the artist? Like, how did you know Ian? How'd that come about? Um, I, uh, I, 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 t- I told this story before, and I don't know if it's true or if I made it up, if I'm being honest. But um, the way I recall it is Ed Britton showed me Ian's. Do you, you guys know Ed Britton? We've had him on the podcast. Ed, Ed's a good friend of ours. Oh, okay, cool. Ed's a great guy. And he anyways, is. he so so he was the only person I'd ever met in who had worked on a comic while I was work while I was working on, or okay. I guess just before I started working on it. And uh, he he showed me um, Ian Bertram's uh, deviant deviant art. Yes, that's yes, 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 that's a real that's thing. It. Yes, yes. Yep. See, that's, that's how we find artists. <laughs> is it still relevant to people? Yeah, not as much. Yeah, Deviant used to be pretty hot back in like the the early days of the interwebs, and then it got to a point when it was just photographers taking pictures of models. Just in, like, right. yeah, then it got to that, and then I think they took a lot of that image, a lot of that stuff off the site. So then the, the numbers kind of went down, but you can still kind of toy around on Deviant and find some stuff. There's like art station now is kind of cooler than that. Okay. Yeah. There's yeah. just very, yeah. But Deviant art, I like how you were, you were afraid to go that far. Cause like, this might not be real. I don't know if Deviant art is really a thing. Uh. <laughs> no, no. It, it, I know that part. I know I did look at his work on there. I, the part that I can't, I don't know if, is if Ed showed it to me. Or if I was just talking to Ed around that time, uh-huh. and then found I think the one on, the story I'm going with is that Ed took me to Ian's okay. TV and art page. It was like, check this guy out because I was describing something, you know, that like a, a the kind of style that that Ian has in, in a sense. And he was like, yeah, you should check out this guy's work. And I was like, oh, oh that's it, you know, like. Um, and then I just emailed Ian and said. Uh, Hey, I'm nobody, and I'm up in Canada here. That's a bad start. A That's a bad start. I don't know much I've about the- comics. That's a bad start. Yeah, no, I've been told that, that that's not the best approach. But he, he he went for it. He was like, "Hey, well, this sounds weird. You know, tell me more." And then um, that that was that. That's awesome. And it's, I mean, yeah. it seems like it worked out okay. Eisner Award later, boom, everything worked out. And um, so, so, so we've, we've danced around the book. We've talked about the, the Eisner, of course, because I mean, it's a Eisner. Tell us what Little Bird is actually about. It's been out for a long time, but maybe people who are listening to this don't know. I don't, I don't know if I remember. Um, oh. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, Little Bird is the story of a, a 12-year-old girl who grows up... Um, in a war she's that that she was born into it's been going on for 30 years uh her mother is the leader of the resistance against a theocratic american empire that is taking over canada and they're so the last uh, bastion um of this resistance that's kind of how the story starts 
and uh, little bird's mother tend to get taken away. Uh-huh. And plan B is put into action, which is little bird going to find possible spoiler her grandfather uh the axe the legendary axe um who's just an unstoppable beast of a man sorry about that um to uh to, to find find her her her, her, uh, her mother and um continue the fight there you go yeah. that sounds that sounds yeah. pretty great that sounds pretty awesome it is pretty great yeah i agree obviously and I mean, um you won many awards <laughs> yeah and it's like that you know that's the that's the story and um um and it, it was fun and it was really an excuse to explore um a whole bunch of other things more interesting makes sense now let me ask you a question uh is that a real canadian fear that one day america is just going to try to take you guys over like do you guys think about that like up there do you guys worry that one day some whack job is going to come into power and go you know what i like i like canada let's do that like is because isn't we stand on guard for these is kind of the same idea right like canada being invaded by the united states john candy did a movie invading or well, yeah, the united you know, states it's, it's <laughs> kind of a funny thing and i think this gets misread a bit but it's it's not so much about um canada's war with america because and and little bird it it crams a lot into you know the the story it's, yeah. it's pretty dense so stuff gets missed and that's totally fine you, you know it's meant to be read twice you know at least but the but canada is totally cooperative in this takeover really you know, like mm-hmm. yeah there's you you see them fighting um 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 the northern guard which you know and, and they so they've got like the Canadian flag with the cross on it. Okay. Right? In the same way that the American flag does. So this was not, um, you know, this is not in the book per se, but like the idea is that Canada folds the way, exactly the way I, I would imagine Canada would fold, which is a lucrative deal, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, not by like, you know, through uh, drone wars or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, but it's really the, this, resistance that is refusing it not canada itself um they they're canadian they're in canada but um yeah anyway but do we worry about it um i worry about it uh i do worry about it but it, again in the really? same way it's like i'm not worried about there being a war where america takes over i'm worried about um my concern is that is that canada's um um just is slowly bought up over time okay you know? makes sense and 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 it culturally just erodes to being um america but with a different flag you makes know sense. and you know we're close to that anyway it's not like we're that different but um i do uh you know the the america's sort of influence is you know it's pervasive oh yeah um, yeah yeah. So yeah, that that's maybe if I had a concern, I I guess <laughs> I was just I was it was more. I know a, you're I know you're just joking around in it, but I took it in a serious direction. You did, and I didn't <laughs> expect that at all. I'm like, wow, he's really running with this joke of a question. <laughs> now I feel like a kind of a dick for even asking it. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. total so, dick move. I know. But, 
it's it's how no, I no. it's how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Um, you know, we're we're ready. We've got our sort of um, we've got our our beaver teeth. Um, <laughs> you know, and our you know we, we've got some things. That's cool. I'm not going to tell you guys. Okay. Well, okay. Well, okay. Let's say. Let's say if it does go down, if, if it were to happen, if it were to happen, it would happen over ketchup chips. That's that's. If just... if it does go down, what would Canada's yeah. greatest weapon against the United States be? Like, what would what would help push it over the edge for you? Like something culturally, something fun. You know, maybe Kevin just Kevin just hit it on the head, man. Ketchup chips. Ketchup that's chips. That's what it would be. Yeah. It would be if, if we went to war with Canada, it'd be over ketchup chips and. That the United they, States would invade for ketchup chips and all dressed chips, we, so we could have. Well, I think Americans hate ketchup chips, don't they? I I've never had them. Um, we don't make they don't make a ketchup chip in a, here in the. In it the States. sounds like, right, a, but whenever they hear, whenever I hear Americans hear about, it, they're like, "Oh my, that's disgusting." So but why? It sounds like I'm just imagining that we're just catapulting like massive <laughs> loads of ketchup chips over the border, and you guys are like, "Nah, it's not worth it." I would try them because, like. All dress chips are amazing. So, like, I think everybody should eat all dress chips. I, that's it's a brand staple. All dress chips us. are good. They're intense. It is a. It's a lot of flavor. All, all, it's a lot of salty vinegar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which is great. We love that stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, ketchup chips. They're. It's it's a big thing. But wouldn't ketchup chips just kind of make sense with uh, my? This is my rationale. People eat potatoes and ketchup together a potato chip is it's in the fucking name it's a potato so like that makes sense to me right ketchup chips that's an obvious thing it, totally it, it, it um it, it makes perfect sense to me dude you yeah. don't have to yeah you don't have to <laughs> like i'm i'm on board but, but i don't but you you can't yeah like what is this a resistance to to ketchup chips now if i want to get it's if, different. It's different yeah yeah but it's, yeah, how yeah. is it any different than barbecue chips, though? It's just a different, just no, a different it would, condiment. It would taste, I would oh, no, my point being, different. my point being, it's just a different, oh, different condiment. condiment. Okay. Because you have you have pickle chips now, which is kind of seen as a condiment in some places. Pickles, but I mean, so it's just I, I'm I'm on board with ketchup chips. I, I want to try ketchup chips. I love to hear it, man. I will send you guys some ketchup chips. Bullshit. <laughs> and we will have. We'll we'll continue. We'll have this conversation again. All right. I, I'm down. Neither of you guys have ever had ketchup. Chips? No. No. Mm-mm, they don't I'm make them here. You, okay, then I'm going to send you ketchup chips. Now, who I makes? I don't know if like everybody, everybody makes ketchup chips. Wow. Does ladies make a ketchup store chip? here? Yeah, of course. Wow. If you go to a grocery store here, there's an entire aisle. It's usually number eight. That is dedicated <laughs> just to ketchup chips. That is awesome because. If here in the U.S., when you go to a grocery store, you never know what aisle the chips are going to be on. You have to like. You really believe him that he thinks all. You really honestly believe yes. all grocery stores in Canada, it's aisle yes. eight where the chips are. Really, yes. that's this is why I wanted to live in Canada. Now he, I, yeah, I'm defecting. When you're looking at, I'm when you look at, when you look sideways at the bag and you catch the eight on See? its side, it's the infinity symbol, <laughs> which is how many varieties of ketchup chips. They don't just put it in aisle eight for no reason. Okay, so, to... so I Googled this and we have Lay's makes a ketchup chip, hers makes a ketchup chip, Old Dutch makes a ketchup chip. Uh, there is ketchup crispers. Uh, uh, who's your favorite yeah. brand of ketchup chips then? Uh, I, I know it's old fashioned, but I'd say Old Dutch. 
old Dutch ones, I'm looking at them now. They look pretty awesome because I, I, I just going based on the <laughs> the the package dressing and, and that they have Kevin. You have to see this. They've got a. I'll I'll just show it to you because I can share my screen because I have that kind of power. But um, also, um, which who makes the the? Oh no, and Lay's Lay's makes a really good ketchup chips too. Okay, oh, Pringles wow. ketchup chips. But look oh, at the Pringles. Look at, yeah, the Pringles are deadly. The Pringles are deadly good. Now look because at the, they don't overdo it. it okay, not like a whole ton of it. It's uh, but look at that. Look at the old Dutch bag. Yeah, the old Dutch yes. bag is cool, and they've got the ketchup bottle with sunglasses on. Oh yeah, because that that sells it. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm talking about. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm my dad is Dutch, and so that's probably what it is. Actually, I just like the windmill in the corner. Yeah, you've got the windmill <laughs> is cool. You've got the ketchup. There's a lot going on. It's a lot of different kind of branding they're doing here with the old Dutch, and then. But you got the cool young ketchup guy with the gloves on. He's like, hey, ketchup. Yeah. So like, I'm really- I don't know what this here. is. He's doing this. I don't know what that's doing. <laughs> yeah, he's, calling, he's calling you loser for eating those <laughs> ketchup chips. No, I'm just He's kidding. saying you're a loser if you don't. If you don't buy them. Yeah, if you don't buy them. That's, that's marketing there. Yeah. All right. Well, he's obviously really cool because he's wearing sunglasses. Yeah. Yes. So Look at his like, sneakers. You got them fresh Everybody's kicks. a loser to this guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, just to, to bring it back to little bird though. Well, hang on, hang on. I'm not done okay. with the ketchup chips. Uh, okay, okay. Does does <laughs> the guy on the Dutch ba bag have a name? Like, does he have a name? Is it, uh, like a corporate guy? Like, you know, you have the Kool Aid Man. He's um, Kool Aid Man. Is there a name associated with this guy or not? Name is obviously. Bob. <laughs> That's my name. <laughs> it's Bob the Bottle. Uh, I'm in. He's a, he's a ketchup bottle. I'm in. This is my jam. <laughs> These chips are made for you, sir. They are. I'm moving to Canada. So, to, to bring it back, so so Darcy's love of ketchup chips is generational because he just said, you know, his dad is Dutch. So in Little Bird, is that one of the themes there? Because I, I got this. this ketchup thing chips? Wondering. No, no, not ketchup chips. They've got generations, like how your parents' mistakes affect you or how um, your upbringing is directly influenced by the people who brought you up, whether or not they're your parents. That is a million dollar segue. <laughs> Congratulations. You're um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of what I'm alluding to in when I was saying like, you know, um, that the plot of Little Bird is sort of secondary to me being able to explore those kinds of stories, you know, or things that um, I'm interested in exploring with my characters you know intergenerational trauma being <laughs> being one of my reoccurring themes um uh yeah i mean it's really it's just a, it's a story about family like a super fucked up dysfunctional family mm -hmm. um and um so yeah to answer your question yeah that that was uh that and choice the idea of choice you know, like usually when I'm writing something, I'm I'm um, I'm exploring. You know, like it's I'm doing therapy on myself, and I'm looking uh, I'm looking to 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 figure something out, um, and hopefully it's not too obvious. But anyway, yeah, it, it's um, um, that sort of trauma, but also um the idea of choice you know like mm -hmm. we're all very we we're all very caught up in this idea of like 
It's the choices you make in life. Did you make the right choice? It's up to you. You know, well, we all get a choice, you know, and um, I think it's really interesting when you start to unpack that, like how little choices we actually do make. Um, and I think there's like, there's an illusion of choice making a lot of the time, but like you find, you just kind of find yourself in like a pattern um, it, it, which which ties into you know family and and history and all that that kind of stuff so and yeah. and and with that the other question i had was like with the religious aspect of the book like the theocracy uh aspect of it um it seems very like almost like extreme catholicism i was trying to like get like when i when i was reading i was like well I'm not sure what religion they are. Are they this? Are they that? Like, like it seems like very extreme. Like, um, almost a hark, a harken back to uh, medieval Catholicism. D does that make any sense? Yeah, no. Is that totally what you're going for? Sense. Yeah, that that was sort of the idea. But I also didn't want it to be um, any one um, uh, in particular too much. I was sort mm -hmm. of like imagining this world where um you know they've all sort of like joined together and you know as like the church okay um so i i was sort of borrowing and stealing a little bit all over the place mm -hmm. um at least in my research but how much of it really came through i'm not sure but. now the first now there's two arcs of this book yes like there's two trades correct or is it only one? No, it's just one. It, it should have been two because it's so long, but um, oh. it's a five issue miniseries, but each issue is like 40 pages. So oh, it, wow, it, okay. Cause yeah. I, yeah, cause on the, I guess on the image website, it looked like there were two versions of it. it was... Oh, I see, yeah, no, there was, um, we did a limited hardcover release. Oh. Um, which is this guy right Look here. Look at that, Kevin's got it too. Wow, that's amazing. Nice. And it's a hardcover. A hardcover, and then we did a trade, which was a different cover. Okay. And I don't have an arm's reach, but there's no video anyway. So, so, so yeah. how did you manage to jam like a 30-year conflict into five issues? Like you've already mentioned the fact before that it's that it's dense. Like, do do you get a sense of of what happened before? And like that sounds like a daunting task to do. How did you handle that as as a creative? Uh, no, I mean the story. The story itself only, you know, takes place over um, the period of a year, mm -hmm. I think. But it's just it's it's you know like I, I'm quite often, um, and this was like whether it was like film, you know, my short films, this the next book we're doing together, Precious Metal. I, I I'm always looking to drop the reader in at the latest possible time I can get away with okay um and um yeah so it's you know we're they're 30 years into the war at this yeah. point when the story starts but it doesn't and it does there's flashbacks that sort of are like piecing together this this part of the story as it goes um and so you do kind of understand a little bit more about how things got to be where they are when this story starts, but the book that we're doing now, um, Precious Metal, all the same team, um, happens 35 years before Little Bird. 
So it happens just before the war begins. Oh, okay. Um, so you can, uh, you, you get a sense of like what was happening um, at the onset. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So you're kind of building this whole, is that, is that your plan with comics here? Cause you did little bird. Now you're doing precious metal. The two stories are kind of connected. Or are you just going to kind of keep building this universe out? I think that's the plan. You know, that's, that's Ian and I's plan. Um, I, I'm working on some other things, but I think that, um, you know, we've created this big world and we're going to keep exploring it. Uh, Precious Metal is even bigger than Little Bird. It's, <laughs> it's going to be massive, um, both in scope, but also just like, you know, it's six issues. Every issue is like double size. Like it's just a beast of a, of a book. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, that, that's sort of the plan. We're going to, you know, but I, don't, I, I think like Precious Metal is both a prequel to Little Bird and its own story altogether. Like someone could pick that up and not read Little Bird and it would be totally satisfying. Um, I'm not all that interested in prequels in a way. So I didn't want to just do Little Bird before the war. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yeah. So we're gonna, we're gonna keep going. That's keep cool. Going. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I really dig that. And a, I'm on your website as well. So your hits are going through the roof right now. Um, oh, you're you're yeah. doing a project with Critical Role. So how has that got to be? Awesome. I mean, that's just, I mean, everybody loved Critical Role. I mean, how'd you land that gig? That's really awesome. Yeah, I am having a, a blast with it. I uh, I knew nothing about Critical Role. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I've never played D&D uh, &D before. <laughs> really? yeah i just it was totally cold um to the point where like i i mean to answer your question they reached out to me and asked if i would do it it was just that simple that's cool and, that's awesome. um, it was so cool you know and it was just like um it, it was really nice man because i think like you do these things and you're you don't know what's going to happen and for someone to like offer you a gig um straight away was just you know it was great and, and especially with such a much loved franchise like yes. you know or I, yeah. I don't know if that's the word that they would want me to use but anyway it you know like there's a responsibility that comes with that and i was like i don't want you know like i don't know if i should do this because i feel like i you know i don't know that world um you know but anyway it, we they were like it's fine you'll be fine like they were just really supportive <laughs> They were really supportive and cool about it. And I was like, okay, cool. If you guys are willing to trust me with this, then I'll, I'll take a run at it. That's now um, never being a D and D player or anything like that. Did you feel, were you nervous to kind of jump into this? Because I mean, there are people that have dedicated their entire uh, existence to learning the lore of Gary Gaiax's yeah, yeah. world and especially critical role. Like they have a rabid fan base. So were I you, know it's so intimidating. Did you it? go back and like listen <laughs> yes. to some podcasts or anything like that at all, or watch or, some or, playthroughs, uh, or or, D, or or actually like play some D and D? Like once you got the gig, you're like, okay, I got to do this. Yeah. So I know no, I, I I I didn't play, but I did. Um, I did a couple of things. One, I listened to a bunch of episodes. Like you know, I'm sure I clocked a hundred hours listening. Oh wow! To oh, wow! The the podcast. Oh yeah, like it, it. I went nutty, and um, 
And I went and bought the monster manual and all the, like I bought all the books and they sent me anything that they'd published previously, like the origins miniseries and stuff like that. And so I did a insane amount of research. You can't see it, but on my wall over there is a giant map of Alexandria um, <laughs> that I would spend my morning staring at. But um, yeah, you know, like it was super intimidating and I was like, man, I, I hope I don't screw this up. But I just threw myself into the research and what felt really nice, I mean, regardless of, you know, some people may like, you know, like what I did and some people may not. But the one thing that I feel really good about is that um, one of the, one of the, uh, the, the critical role guys um, sent me a private message through Twitter and was just like, man, every time one of your scripts comes in, it's like, I never have to worry about whether it feels like it takes place in our world or not. That's cool. That's awesome. And I, and I was just like, that's, that's great. You know, like that, that's such a huge part of, um, that was such a part of the work, you know, cause like writing the story is one thing, but like making the world feel authentic um, to, to the critical role fans was, that was going to be the challenge. So that was, so did you get any notes from like Matt Mercer or anything or like that at all? Was he kind of involved at all in writing the script or like kind of plotting the world at least? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we had we had a, several conversations up front and he was like, he, 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 you know, he and I found the story together. Oh, that's cool. Sure. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and I get, he, he gives notes on all my scripts and um, they're, super helpful and um so yeah it's we, we're we're kind of doing it together you know like it's, uh it's been really great that's awesome and that comes that comes out through dark horse bi-monthly correct um what, what's dark horse bi-monthly um no that comes oh, out oh, it's, it's gonna come out bi-monthly yeah yes. right like isn't it coming I, out i don't know oh. I mean, the schedule has changed a couple of times ah uh, okay um, yeah and so i honestly am not sure uh how they're rolling it out at this point okay because i was yeah, um, i was just i was just trying to be smart and go off shit that i saw on your website but if they've been changing it on you then nobody knows so then there you oh go. yeah don't definitely don't use my website for anything then, why the hell do you have a website for then darcy what the uh, fuck I don't man know. i think about deleting it obviously. really that's awesome <laughs> people say that about twitter all the time I, I i like twitter though i mean i i can i can say what i need to say in 140 characters or less and i think yeah. that's because we write comics that i can do that if i if yeah. i was a different kind of writer i don't think i would be as happy with twitter i'd be like man fuck this but but in twitter and twitter like it's it's not as bad as everyone says it is as long as you stay positive like that's and, that's my and, and if i were you darcy i wouldn't delete your website that's a nice photo yeah. they have of you with the jacket on and the and the toque it looks nice like you look real like intense and shit like wow that guy's into some stuff like he's serious well, well see, i think my i thing was is... staring yeah go ahead no i was i was producing a film when that picture was taken i was staring at uh <laughs> what was happening going on set and i i the, the way i look in that photo is exactly how i felt <laughs> um so at least it's authentic yeah, I was hoping that you were going to be wearing that same outfit that, during the interview because then I'd be like, oh, I know that guy. Like, I've seen him before. Now you don't have glasses oh, yeah. on and I don't know. It threw me off, man. There's no tube. There's no big coat. Like, you have a really big coat on. It looks really warm. I know, I know. It's it was Toronto in the winter. It was, like, insane. 
but um, yeah. The comics writer side of me wants to be jealous because you have the Eisner sitting back there, and then and then the lifelong D and D player in me goes, "Man, he could he could play a D and D game with Matt Mercer." So I think it's just like like Darcy wants everyone to be jealous. I'm jealous. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I've never played D and D with with uh, with Matt, but um, I, I would love to. That it, like seems, it seems amazing, right? Yeah, that's yeah. what every and. Also, like, I just want to say, this is no new thing, but he's such a nice guy, you know, like, um, and um, every, all, all those, all those guys over there are just like super cool. Um, just good people. And like, they didn't have to like, you know, they could get, there's a lot of people who would really love to write that series. And, um, and uh, they didn't, they didn't need me. Um, and they gave me a shot. You know, and I never, you know, that that would be the first series that I was ever hired to do, right? Like nice. you know, doing, a, mm-hmm. doing a doing it doing a creator owned book like Little Bird is really different than mm-hmm. than getting hired to write something um, for an existing um, franchise. Um, you're dealing with you know, editors and you know lots of you know lots of people with lots, lots of, of moving opinions. parts Thanks. yeah lots of moving parts and in this case they're all good people with you know smart people with good opinions <laughs> um so i just got lucky but you you don't know right um and uh they were willing to roll the die on me and it and hopefully i oh. mean they seem happy so it's cool and as long, as long as you're happy, I know the roll the die thing. I yeah, see. That was, that was, it was perfect. Why wins yeah. the Eisner, man? We, I couldn't come up with that. I'd have said I something stupid. <laughs> I can worry about Kickstarter forever. Well, uh, Darcy, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. We've, we've kept you uh, long enough now. Um, if we want to grab Little Bird, that's in stores now. We can pick that up at the trade, find comic retailers, Amazon, wherever. Um, when does uh, the next book come out, Precious Metal? When can we be expecting that? I'm not going to go to your website and find out because that, you said it's already worthless. So you, <laughs> uh, you tell don't. us. Yeah. Honestly, I think if you go to the website, it says 2020. I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not the year that doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be next year, but when, uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's just a beast of a project. So we're, you know, and we don't want to cut any corners on it. And, and, you know, we're just like, we, the one thing that Ian and I said is like, if we're doing this again, it has to be better. You know, like we can't, we, we can't like, we, we, we don't want to do something that's just like um, residual, you know, sales because little bird was good yeah this thing this thing needs to like um hold its own ground in like a bunch of different ways it's a totally different kind of story um so we're we're it's in the same world but we're starting from scratch in a lot of ways um but anyways i don't know when it's coming out sometime next year i also don't know when the critical role thing is coming out that's sometime this year I would guess. This is all because we lost that year. It's like the blip in Marvel. In Marvel, like we maybe that's what it is. The blip. Yeah. Now nothing makes sense anymore. There is no. Yeah. Like what is time? And (laughs) time is a flat circle. I learned that watching Deep Space Nine. (laughs) A flat. I learned it works in True Detective. (laughs) You can watch anything and learn that. You can watch Sesame Street and you'll know that time is flat curve. It's over my head. Sesame Street is way over my head. Um, I really like the count, yeah. though. I'm a big fan of the count. The count is great. 
not pull up and guess all the way anymore. I don't know. I well, think HBO owns it now. So yeah, it's but they, like weird. They, they sh- HBO runs first runs, but then I think like three or four months later they show um, the the HBO episodes on PBS because it's oh, not okay. like there's not going to be new letters of the alphabet they have to worry about. Like it's all the same <laughs> fucking source material. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not changing any. So yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, who's your favorite? Uh, who's your favorite uh, uh, Sesame Street character there? If you had to pick one, Darcy. Um, favorite Sesame Street character, uh, Oscar the Grouch, I guess. Right, that's a fair one. Mm-hmm. That's a fair one. Right. Yeah, and, I like that guy. And we can find out when this stuff comes out by. Oh wait, a... or is that the Muppets? Is that no, the no, 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 Oscar, Oscar, Oscar the Grouch, Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the... Okay, and then Animal the Drummer is the Muppets, right? That's the yes. Muppet Show. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, that was a that was, really good animal really good animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well, for hanging out for with voice actors what? what's where we can can we find you on twitter so we can so people can get these books when they yeah. come out there. yeah i'm dvp direct that's my twitter uh, at dvp direct and that's also my instagram i'm a little more instagram these days than twitter i'm on a bit of a twitter break but when there's any like real news, uh, I'll be sure to post it on both those. So what's your Insta- Instagram is the same then? It's the same, yeah. Okay, so what do you post on Instagram? You got like some hot meals you're taking pictures of? You got some sweet abs you're working on? Like what are you posting over there? None of the above. Right now it's, uh, there's some family pictures going oh, up, that's nice. summer vacation stuff. That's cool. But yeah, but it, it's, um, but I post, I post stuff about work there quite a bit. I, the thing about Twitter, okay, now we're gonna drag this out. A little bit. Sorry no, feel free. It's your interview. But, but, but um, Kevin, you're talking about Twitter. And the thing about Twitter is I might end up deleting my Twitter. I'm not, I haven't decided yet, but I don't really like talking with people. You know, like I don't really. Now you tell guys, us this. Now you could have told us this to I begin with. And we would have stopped the, the interview. <laughs> but I find that like, um, yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just like you're just chasing around ideas, but then they dissolve before you can get to them. And it's just, I don't know. A friend Weird. Of- but Instagram, Instagram, um, you know, if I post something on Instagram, it's like I have something to say because something exists. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm talking about a something. And um, that something doesn't even always have to be my something, you know, like, but um, but I like that about Instagram. Feels more real. Uh, Twitter's the same way. Wait, today, wait. My hot Twitter post today was was sun chips are just really Fritos pretending to be healthy. That was my that was my that was my hot take today. That's great. Like I don't need to know that. <laughs> but, like, no one needs to know that. I just felt like. But I am that. still glad that. It, like don't get me wrong i i twitter's cool and it's and it's fun but like i i don't know i just i can't be having conversations with people you know like yeah um, i feel you on that one conversations it's like having a conversation on a freeway like you're trying to yell to someone across a freeway and you're trying to make sure that the message is clear and it just never really i get what you're saying about and it, it doesn't and that's what yeah, it is that, that's a really no but that's the perfect way of putting it because that that's my personality like I don't really like talking to more than like two people at once. And I've always been like that. I don't like going to parties. I don't go to concerts. I don't, you know, like, but if you want to meet up for a coffee or a beer, like I'm in, 
you know, like for, for, for a chat, but like, I don't, I'm not a group guy and it's just, it's a group, Twitter's a group activity. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Instagram. Uh, so you got, where'd you guys go on vacation this year? You go anywhere nice? Yeah, we went up to, um, we went up to an uh, area called Desolation Sound, which is Northern BC. Okay. Um, super rural, like just hanging out with the cougars and the grizzlies and, um, we were pulling up oysters and putting down some prawn traps and uh that sounds fun making some fires yeah that's 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 how i like to wind down um so it was great yeah it's beautiful up there you know like it's it's you can only get there by boat you know or plane if you if you um want to do that but um yeah great great time that's cool um my wife has this big plan for her 40th birthday um, she wants to go see Aurora Borealis. And one of the places you can see that is, I think it's called Yellowknife. Is, yeah, Yellow is it Yellowknife yeah. Yellow in the um, in the upper peninsula? Not the upper peninsula. What's it called up there? Um, uh, the, the region of Canada. Is it the Yukon or the Northwest Territories? Is, is, this, is this right? It's, it's where they film that show alone. You know that show alone on Netflix? Have you seen that? Uh, I, I haven't seen that. Um, yeah, Yellowknife. It's over by the Great the Slave Lake, I guess. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Yeah, Yellowknife. Yeah. We're still so thinking about going to Yellowknife for her 40th birthday so we can see Aurora Borealis. God, beautiful, man. That would be amazing. Wouldn't it be cool? Yeah, it's gorgeous up there. I mean, like, you know, like, you know, bring your mosquito repellent if you're going in the summer. Okay. Um, and uh or just wear like an an armor suit um <laughs> he owns like three so it'll be fun. true i do because if you guys play DD, you probably just have those things kicking around just a suit of armor right? yeah man i found i i i killed this guy and i looted his body and i took his armor suit and i found a <laughs> bag is, of jewels like this is really actually awesome. a this is actually a t-shirt wow. plus five it's a dungeons and dragons <laughs> t-shirt so yeah. like, i'm already armored so yeah that's awesome yeah no uh, dude that would, that would be that that's on my list that would be a uh, a beautiful thing to do for sure yeah it's, it's it seems really neat it's something that she wants to do and i was like all right we can get a flight because we're in cincinnati we can get a flight right from detroit which is four hours away we could drive to detroit and just fly to Yellowknife, like direct that's crazy that is kind of crazy <laughs> isn't it like to think yeah is it is it is a, like how far away you're still a long ways away though aren't you Oh, I mean, Detroit, yeah. I mean, if we I get to know. Detroit, then we're pretty much right there because you cross that bridge and then you're in Ontario. Um, yeah. So right. you're a little closer, but yeah, you can get direct flights from Detroit to Yellowknife for any of those people who are in Yellowknife listening to this or anyone in Detroit who's listening to this. <laughs> you could go either way. Uh, that will be a trip you will always remember. I, I hope so. It. We just have to do it. Yeah. Just hopefully the COVID thing goes away or it kind of, people start getting vaccinated. How's the vaccination thing going up there in Canada? Are, are they taking it a little bit more seriously here than they are in the U.S.? Yeah, I think we're like, yeah, I mean, in, in my province, in British Columbia, we're at like 80% or wow. something. So oh, that's, that's good. That's yeah. great. That's good. Yeah, it's pretty darn good, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have the same, um, definitely we, we've got people who, who, who won't do it, but it, I don't think it's quite the same as um, down there. Yeah, there's no mm-hmm. Fox. There's no Fox News Canada poisoning old white people's <laughs> minds. the well, yes. 
God, it's just, it, it's actually, I saw, I mean, and you guys can like cut off this recording whenever you want, but like, no, we're fine. I saw, I saw this, um, I saw a clip from Fox News and some fucking guy that they're interviewing is like, you know, the, I don't know, he might have been a doctor for Christ's sake. Like, I, I don't know what he was, but he was just like, you know, the, the, uh, the, the vaccine is not effective against the Delta variant. So if you haven't gotten it, don't bother. And the host, you know, one of those, I don't know, whatever, okay, take it easy, Darcy. But <laughs> you know, they're, they're just like, yeah, yeah, you know, like shaking their head. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like how is it even legal to, to, to say stuff like that? on a network to no, like I feel you. millions yes. of people yeah. Yeah. that like don't bother getting vaccinated. Well, I mean, I... just that comment alone, I mean, just to be clear, the vaccine, you can still get sick, but if you have the vaccine, you get the Delta variant, you will not die. Right? Yes, yeah. Um, and you probably won't even go to the hospital. You'll just like have the flu. Um, and, um, and so like that guy just making that comment, there's like, I'm sure if there's millions of people watching, there's like a hundred people that just decided, you know what, he's right, let's not bother. And yeah. you know, and some of those people are gonna die. I mean, you're killing people when you're saying so. I just don't know how, how they get away with that. Well, the that's like, obviously people, yeah. people go on Twitter and they get upset, but like, it's so far beyond that. Yeah, well, that's know, the like thing. That if, level. Of if you if you saw anything yesterday from the American news cycle, I guess Sean Hannity went on and was like, "I believe in science. I believe in vaccinations." Yada yada yeah, yada. I, I did. I did catch yeah. a clip of that. And yeah. then I guess a lot of people, a lot of the more cynical members of Twitter, I guess, which is everybody, was like, "He's probably just saying that because the lawyers told him to shut the fuck up and make the <laughs> statement so they don't get sued." Because I imagine yeah. all it's going to take is somebody somewhere going, "My." family member was an avid fox news watcher they didn't get the vaccine they died it's your fault like eventually that's that's gonna it's, it's happen, gonna happen right? it's yeah. gotta yeah. i i can't believe it hasn't happened already because i mean not yet you know, not that we know about yeah but yeah that i'm sure that that's coming maybe when the dust settles a bit more yeah but um but also it's just like you know, you also had a, 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 a we, uh, there was a president that like was flirting with the idea of maybe just like using bleach or something. Yeah, like, he's an like, idiot, but that's yeah. not, yeah. <laughs> how, how did, yeah, yeah, we, do, we don't need to talk about him. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly an idiot, but it's like, how did that not land in a lawsuit? Yeah. yeah. Some jackass must have injected bleach after that, right? Oh, oh yeah, there were totally. people that did stuff because yeah. he said to do it, yes. And they, and, they, and they did die and and he he took no responsibility for that as well. So like, that's yeah that's neither well, here nor people there are listening i heard that guy had some money and they should start suing right away <laughs> <laughs> boom there you go go to your local comic shop buy a little bird keep an eye out for all of darcy's projects don't go to his website though because it's fucking pointless he even said so, <laughs> so <laughs> follow him on instagram if you want any real information about our, our wonderful guest today darcy thank you so much for coming on man we really appreciate it Thank you so much, you guys. This is probably the most fun I've ever had on a podcast. And uh, you guys, you guys keep doing your thing too. I know you're out there working, working hard on on some books, and um, I'll be following along and uh, supporting you however I can. 
kind of I thank mean, you sir it's like you're running for office are you running for like prime minister of comics with that statement that was wonderful that 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 position has not yet been created but i fully plan on <laughs> on changing you, that you I have hope so my, you have my vote and i think your your platform will be cool because you'll eliminate parties and stuff it'll just be like hey if you want to hang out there's gotta, no parties allowed yeah. yeah no there's no no parties no, no bar con bar con is over <laughs> Yeah, if, if you're bribing, I only accept ketchup chips, preferably Old Dutch. Old Dutch, baby. Uh, Bob the Bottle. Bob the Bottle on there. So, well, thank yeah. you, dude. No, thanks, guys. And I am going to send you guys some ketchup chips, and we will talk again. Oh, shit. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> That was Darcy Van Polgeest. And yeah, he was talking buddy. to us about Precious Metals and Little Bird and his other upcoming projects, uh, Critical Role. Like, that was an amazing conversation we just had. And ketchup chips. Ketchup chips. That The most important thing about that is if we ever invade Canada, good old U.S. friends, we, we too will have ketchup chips. Ketchup chips. Um, he said he was going to mail them to us. I emailed our friend Jason Copeland, who's Canadian who we play Star Wars with. And it's like, dude, why didn't you tell us about this? And he said, you know, ketchup chips aren't great. So now I've got to know. Now I got to know for myself. Now this is it something is I need to find out. The great Canadian debate, ketchup chips or no ketchup chips? Is they sound good. I mean, I, it's, I, I'll, try, I'll try anything. So well, because know. rationally speaking, like potatoes and ketchup go together. So right. why wouldn't ketchup chips be good, right? Exactly. Yeah, so I'm with you. The logically, the like the, the logic follows. The logic does follow. And uh, what a good guy! What an entertaining conversation. Uh, Darcy was wonderful. Next week we have on Steve Bryant. He's got his book, The Chase, is on Kickstarter right now. Steve's a cool dude, so we're going to talk to him. So that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. A lot of cool stuff. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more word bros it's always a pleasure thank and you also for like and follow us on twitter only five stars only either five you fucking stars. hate us or you or you love us like like us on the apple podcast like us on whatever you listen to to spotify whatever it is either either love us or hate us there ain't no in betweens baby ain't no in between all right jack thank you kevin thank you you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com. <laughs>